This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help you step out of the shadows and become an inspirational leader. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and each episode I will be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. I'll be picking their brains for those golden nuggets that will help you be the best you can be. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing at thereluctantleader.co.uk and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So let's get on with the show. Today I'm talking to Oliver Parker, who is MD and founder of Capability Consulting, an executive search consultancy focused on hiring for growth. They identify the leadership and expert capabilities needed to drive business growth and then find the one outstanding person who will best deliver. Hope you enjoy this chat about creating that dream team we all need and I will catch you on the other side. So Oliver, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I, I've met you a few times um, and we always have a, a, an interesting discussion about hiring and uh, recruitment and all the ins and outs. So I'm looking forward to uh, an interesting conversation. Um, before we go down mm-hmm. that route and, and start talking about how we can um, hire our, our best team, yeah. So just tell us about why you do what you do and what was the pivotal moment that took you uh, down this path? I, I suppose first I'd probably say that I've been doing it for a long time, but not all of that time quite the way that I do it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I started off in recruitment more than 20 years ago and I was working with one of the big uh, national, uh, you know, big names in, in the recruitment sector. And uh, I like the idea of... Uh, even then, of, of making a big difference for, for a company that I was recruiting for and, and for that person's um, career. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, though, it, was, it wasn't quite what I expected when I got into it. And, uh, well, if I, if I summarise by saying that my boss had one rule that he used to drill into us, um, which was spray and pray. <laughs> oh, dear. And, yeah, um, it basically meant that you, uh, you'd get a job on, as many jobs on as possible, um, and then you'd get, get as many CVs that sort of vaguely re- were relevant to them and then throw them at your clients so that they didn't have time to, uh, to, to speak to any other recruiters. Um, and hopefully one of those CVs would fit. And it was, it was hit very, very hit or miss, to be honest, the results. Um, so about uh, 10... Uh, 15 years ago almost, um, I set up my first recruitment company uh, with the aim of doing it better than that. And that's really, I mean, in terms of pivotal moment, um, it's, it's evolved over that time. But really a couple of years ago when I, when I set up this, my existing company, which is uh, Capability Consulting, uh, I made the decision to do it without compromise. Um, I, I, there, in, in terms of being that much more thorough um, and diligent in the, in the recruitment process, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I had been doing that for a while, but now I just decided that in order to get the right results for the businesses I was working with, I really needed to, to do it, as I say, with, without compromise. And I think that was the change. And that's the basis of this company, really. Right. No more spray and pray. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't seem like um, a great philosophy when you're trying to hire the right people for the right job. 
Um, I, I think it's a terrible idea. philosophy, but it's a, it's a very common one, to be honest. Um, right. Still, you know, it, yes. it, 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 it always surprises me that re, that recruitment industry and and even the way that recruiters uh, employers generally approach recruitment is often the same. Mm. Yes, I think it's just the way that that, that thing, people have grown up with it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's habit, isn't it? People just um, um, just assume that's the way things are. Exactly. Uh, uh, and I, I think from my experience, when we when people start talking about recruitment, um, would it be fair to say they have a similar sort of? Um, well, I generally get the same sort of uh, um, reaction to when I, maybe we're talking about estate agents. It's, they're yeah. in the same sort of bracket. They're not really. They're not really. Um, held in much esteem well i think um absolutely uh very similar sort of perception of the industry and, mm. and in most cases i think it's perfectly fairly deserved right um i think recruitment isn't isn't um you know it, it's not a cheap service and therefore if you, you know if you're going to um uh demands you know significant fees mm. then really you should put a lot of work into it and get the result you know you should be you should be able to guarantee that you're going to get the result that the, that the business yeah. wants yeah and yeah. and um that isn't common in no. The industry, no okay um so um what we're going to we're going to obviously going to talk about how we uh, can hire the right um team member and yeah. obviously grow the right team um, for any business leader, that's important because it's not about them doing it all themselves. They need the right people around them. Yeah. So you've uh, written a really interesting document, which you've called Hiring for Growth, which has lots of um, tips around how you can uh, um, find the right people. And the things yeah. I picked a few things out, actually, that uh, were interesting, actually. Uh, one thing that um, that jumped out at me was that it's – not just a one-way thing it's a two-way so it has to be for the employer and the employee to have success um do you want to just exp explain what you mean by that I, absolutely uh fundamentally it, it it's it's uh it really has to be a win-win scenario mm. um what tech the way that most companies and most recruiters approach uh recruitment is that they create a job spec which is um you know, vaguely the, 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 the responsibilities under the role. Uh, they find a load of CVs by advertising or through a recruiter, whatever means. Um, and the ones that sort of match enough, they then decide to interview those people. And there's no shit, real sharing of information about what, what the opportunity really is, what the, what the, what the role really needs to achieve. It, uh, the, you know, the responsibilities that are usually on a job description are, are often very different from what that role genuinely needs to achieve. And, and I think, again, you mentioned bad habits. This is something that um, it, it's sort of fairly endemic and um, people tend to, to do that. And um, so when somebody goes for an interview, they're selling themselves. The company is trying to sell itself. There's a kind of standard facade that everybody has in an interview. Yes. You, don't, you don't meet the real person. And so people, the candidate just doesn't find out if that really is the right opportunity for them. And uh, the worst case scenario for me is to go through, you know, although I can see for a business, is to go through all of that uh, process of recruitment and then for the, the person to come in and three weeks or three months down the line, 
realize that they made a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a huge proportion of people uh, in, the, in the UK. Um, Gallup produced a, a report called The State of the Workforce. I think it's every three years or maybe every four years. And in, in 2017, they recorded that 92% of the UK workforce were disengaged from, from their work. Only 8% were, were actually engaged in what they did, actively engaged. That's quite staggering, and isn't it? It's just, I mean, it, it, it had gone up really. Uh, mm. it, it was, I think, 85% in, the pre, in 2014 order. Mm. Um, so it's getting worse. And I think what happens is that very often people recruit and then a few months down the line, potentially that person leaves, which causes you cost, time, lots of hassle, or even worse, they, they end up staying. You know, <laughs> yes. who, who wants somebody who's you know, that disengaged, you know, maybe even to the point of, of being disruptive mm. um, in their business? You know, so, so the business ends up getting run or, or operated by you know, a core few people. Mm. And the rest, are, you know, they, they're getting a paycheck, but not, they're not really delivering very, very much yeah, um, yeah. Or, 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 or receiving. No, they're not enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it, I um, guess it's the um, better the devil you know um, scenario, isn't it? That most people say, well, you know, they the might get better or things might change. Uh, better stick at it rather than go through the the, the turmoil of um, finding someone to replace because yeah. it's quite a process, isn't it? It's, not, it's, it's something that nobody really relishes. It's very difficult. It's, it's difficult for both sides, and, and mm. I think you're actually right. Uh, I think often the candidates st- stay in a role that they're not happy with. Mm. Uh, and probably not doing a very good job in because they're not happy in it, mm. um, and they stay there because they because the process is is a nightmare. Yeah, and and it is very difficult to to in most recruitment scenarios to gauge whether this company or these people are really people that you want to work with uh, until it's until it's too late. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that win win scenario is hugely important. That and that really yeah. just means knowing exactly what the opportunity is up front. Yeah, and being prepared to, to share sort of warts and all uh, what the reality is of, of the role. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, isn't it? And that, a lot of people find difficulty with that, isn't it? You know, we've got to put some sort of front on. And, I, and we're talking about both sides here, aren't we? So the, the yeah. you know, whoever's recruiting and the recruitee, um, yeah. you know, if they're both putting a front on, when it comes to the actual, you know, when they start – um, yeah. You know, it's really going to be a problem, isn't it? Because you know, all of a sudden, the veils come down, and the real business and the real person match, or, or they try to match, and maybe they don't. Uh, I guess that's 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 the scenario, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I, th- I think it's interesting that um, uh, companies or hirers, leaders of, of, of teams, um, often forget that recruitment is is actually a marketing process. Like it, mm. getting, finding a, a new member for, for a team is very much like finding a new customer for your business. And if you go out there and, and sell your business to everyone and um, and put, a, put a, a, you know, a pretty veil over everything so that it all seems very attractive to everyone, then you're going to get some happy customers, but a lot of them are going to be fairly unhappy and, it's, and business is going to be really hard. Mm. And exactly the same with, with recruiting people. If you uh, uh, attract everyone just, just with the basic talents that needed for the job, 
then a lot of them just aren't going to be very happy and aren't going to deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, where mm-hmm. if you if you if you market the role and effectively and target the the people who are really going to uh, get what that business is about and and, and want to d- deliver it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also be aware that you, you know it's okay to to um, uh, put off, if you like, the people who aren't going to fit. You don't. Mm. You know, why waste your time with those people? Why waste their time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what what sort of tips would you give around uh, marketing uh, a role? And I, and I guess something, some part of that marketing will be around the, the values of the business and what the, the, the goals of the business are. I think that's really important. Um, one of the things I do is I, I do. Well, I'm, I'm fairly sceptical of job descriptions as, you know, in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do create a kind of um, role profile, something that describes the, the, the essence of the role, uh, how the company operates, what's great about this role, what's, what's, what's not. You know, again, the what's and all um, scenario, uh, which will appeal to a certain kind of person, to the person who will really excel in that role and in that business. And other people would look at it and think, oh, my God, I don't want to work there, mm. which is great. You, do, you know, you don't need to waste your time with those people. Mm. Um, and and it's, it's it, like I mentioned, it's a, more of a marketing document. Same, same effort should go into appealing to that person's emotions mm. um, and connecting with them. Um, and it's not just a list of responsibilities. It's what can they get from the role, from the business, what challenges you know what can they offer mm. um people like to 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 do good work they really do people want to go to work mm. and do something brilliant for the company nobody wants to go to work and be uh, disengaged and and, and and begging for friday afternoon mm. um and if you find somebody who really wants to be there you, 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 the rest of the uh you know getting getting what you need from them is easy yeah, yeah. And absolutely, I back that up because with the work I do, I, I know that majority of people uh, are very much driven by making a difference and feeling they're making a difference. Uh, obviously, that's um, another um, issue, really, is to make sure that the, the, your team actually feel they are making a difference and um, probably time for, that's for, a, for another conversation. Um, yeah. But it's interesting when you get to that, um, go through the process, obviously, uh, once you find people that might uh, fit fit the job description and might be the right sort of people. Yeah. How how do you conduct the interview so that you you know you you bring out the things that you you know are really important to you uh, and your business? Well, I think there's one that there's there's a something very important has to happen before the interview, um, and that's this is relatively easy if you're using a recruiter, but a, but a, but a um, a business leader can do it themselves, and that's um, uh, the sort of pre-interview phase. Getting in touch with the candidate, uh, usually uh, initially over the phone, and actually finding out what their what their aims are in life, in in their career. What things do they really want in terms of the talents that they have? What do they really think they want to use hmm. going forward? So, one of the problems is if you present uh, a job an opportunity, let's say, to a, to a candidate. It's another human nature thing. If Even if they don't want the job, they'll usually try and sell themselves into it. Right. 
you know, we, we, we can't help ourselves. Somebody tells us in the job, we say, oh, yeah, I'd be perfect for that. I'd be really good at that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this is what happens in interview. Um, people can't help themselves but to, but, but to be positive and, uh, and promotional, self-promotional. So if you ask them about themselves and about what really motivates them, what really um, drives them, what sort of opportunity they really want up front as, a, as a, just a, a broader question, and then if they, if they give you the clues to which, which seem to match um, the opportunity that you have, then you go into talking about the, the opportunity. And when you talk about the opportunity, it's really important to be very, very upfront uh, in terms of um, going back to that, that warts and all aspect. Hmm. Um, allow, t- tell the person the pros and the cons. Um, and if they can't take the cons, you've had a lucky escape. They don't, you know, they're, 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 and, and they're not going to come on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that needs to happen, in my view, but well before the interview. Yeah. So that when you get to the interview scenario, instead of having this typical sort of theatrical facade on of selling oneself, the candidate's coming in really to have a discussion about um, how they're going to help achieve your business objectives. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's a real frank discussion, person to person, none of this uh, nonsense that normally happens. Because let's be honest, it, the standard interview process is what, maybe an hour, two if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, it's not enough to really get to know somebody you know especially if that facade is on yeah 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 what um what um interests me uh, again going back to the uh hiring for growth document is um some of the questions you encourage ans- asking uh, one of the questions is about their boss's last name explain about how the how that um that that's useful well there's this sort of typical thing um everybody asks about people's strengths and weaknesses and which, you know, obviously we really do want to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. The trouble is everybody knows that we're going to ask this question. <laughs> so yeah. everybody had uh, a kind of pre-prepared um, uh, response to that. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, yeah I'm, a, I'm a team player and all that sort of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm such a perfectionist that I, that I, won't, I, I won't stop them, you know, working until I've got the perfect result to my boss. You know, that. Yes. Um, so. In order to get around that kind of canned response, um, I've got a, a, it's actually five steps to it. So Mm -hmm. start off by asking their last boss's name. And then you actually ask them to spell out the full name. That second part is really important. It really focuses their attention because you haven't actually said so, but it really strongly implies that you are intent on speaking to that person um, Mm. after you've had this conversation. And so you're going to have a comparison against, so it puts them on, on the point of, of actually saying, realizing that they're going to need to tell you the truth straight away. Um, and then you ask them, uh, tell me about Joe Bloggs, whatever the boss's name, um, what were they like to work with? And they, th- this isn't a question asking about them. It's about the, the question is about their boss, but it tells you an awful lot about how they related to them. And, um, uh, what, what they got from that relationship. Um, and then the third step is to ask what could they have done or perhaps done differently that would have enhanced that working relationship with that previous boss. Right. Um, and that tells you 
um, if there are, it gives you an idea that there are two types of people. There are usually people who are um, problem solvers, or there are people who are problem bringers. Okay, so that so you you can sort of pick up uh, in in the language and the way they describe things whether they are a um, a, a solver or a bringer. Absolutely, yeah. because uh, you know we we another thing we tend to do in interviews is we tend to ask questions that lead them to a certain answer. Um, <laughs> So let's say, for example, you want somebody who, who's got a strength in, in um, I don't know, uh, people management. Uh, you might ask them a question, uh, can you tell me about a scenario when you uh, solved a problem, uh, an attitude problem amongst your team? And how did you fix it? It's really hard not for people not to put that bit on the end. And how did you fix it or how did you solve the problem? Mm -hmm. And once you've asked that leading part of the question, um, it, it, you're, you're drawing out effectively a false positive. Uh, you're, you're, they're only going to answer in a positive way. Mm -hmm. um, but just going back to the, the five-parter, so mm -hmm. stage three, once you've asked what they could have done differently, yeah. then you say, so when, when I speak to Joe, Joe Globs, um, what will he tell me that your strengths are? And because, again, you've implied that you're going to be speaking to Joe Bloggs, um, they, they start telling you about their own strengths, their real strengths, not just uh, a canned response version. And then lastly, no. uh, you know, you say something, to, to put, to put a pleasant spin on it, you can say something like, uh, so we've all got areas we'd like to improve. So when I speak to Joe Bloggs, what do you think he'll tell me my weaknesses, or sorry, your weaknesses are? And, and again, um, they're put on the spot, um, and they'll probably give you a pretty accurate answer. Hmm. Uh, strengths and weaknesses, um, yeah. and that you know, for everybody, every role that you recruit, that's that's going to be crucial. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually so, quite hard to get that truth from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I I, I was going to ask you as a from an employer, if if so, we're, we're talking about someone in a leadership position that's trying to to. Um, recruit the right person yeah. how do, how do they actually get you know that across the how do they actually um um describe like the the business what what tips would you give them to how how to do that and what what process do you think they should have gone before then uh, it, it, yeah it's it's interesting you say that because i mean i, I take it take this to a degree for granted because it's obviously something I do all the time. Mm. But but um, uh, even if even if a, a recruiter, a hirer is is planning on doing their own recruitment, they, they I think they should do this. Um, it starts off. I, I have two rules it, in order to get the, uh, the the result which I want, which my clients want, which is no compromise in, in terms of the person that they hire. Mm. Absolutely, the person that's going to make the most difference. I, it always has to start with not making assumptions. And we, we do this so easily. We make assumptions about our business, about the kind of people that are out there. Um, recruiters do it. They, they, they claim to be sort of sector specialists or uh, this sort of thing. And, and because they think they know their market, they mm. make assumptions. And I think the process has to start with uh, deep research and or 
you know, if, if you're not using, if a, a business is not using a recruiter, then sort of a deep introspection mm. on uh, what what does the business really trying to achieve? Um, what does this role uh, need to achieve to to uh, achieve the objectives of the business? Mm. Um, are there are there specific outcomes? Uh, very often, people recruit uh, a person, and then they they might find themselves disappointed six months later because they never actually set what they need that person to achieve, and that person's you know in the role is probably confused as well. Mm. But if you if you analyse what realistic outcomes need to be achieved right at the beginning, mm. that helps you to um, you know evaluate the, the the candidates that are coming through. I don't know. Let's say it's a sales role. And, and the person needs to achieve £100,000 of new business in the first six months, just for argument sake. Yeah. You can start then thinking about questions about their previous experience to see if they've done that kind of level of sales before. Um, but if you don't have that kind of fairly specific outcome in your mind when you're interviewing, mm. you're, you know, it's quite difficult to benchmark the, per- the person who's coming through. Yeah. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned values earlier on. Values are hugely important. I think a lot of business leaders kind of have a, or think they have a pretty good idea of their values and their business values, but it's not always that clear. And it usually doesn't come through in a recruitment process. Mm. So sometimes it it can be worth sort of revisiting that Mm. and and, and really, sorry. No, I was just going to say something. I was just going to say about mindset really. And you talk about going into it with the right, um, uh, objectives but also it's having the right mindset no, um, um almost telling yourself that the right person is there i've just got to do the right things to attract that person you know if you're going with the Absolutely. wrong mindset around well you know there's only a certain amount of people and, and it's going to be really difficult and all those sort of things but if you go in with the with the mindset of well the, the right person's out there somewhere i need to just to do everything i need to do as much as i possibly can to attract them Yes, yeah. absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of mindset. I, I, think, I think a lot of people have had really bad experience. You, know, you, you mm. started off by talking about you know, the, 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 the perception of recruitment industry. Mm. And, and I think a lot of that's because people have had bad experiences. They've recruited and it's turned out a disaster. Mm. And, and that leaves a sour taste in your mouth and it, and it leaves you thinking that it's a, actually a, a, a really difficult and a really complicated process. And, and I don't believe it is. I think I'm a huge believer that there's an enormous pool uh, of uh, talented people out there, and there are definitely people that will fit any business, any scenario. It just takes time and effort and being meticulous and, and thorough to, to find that person. Mm. And um, I, I think a normal recruitment process will probably go through, you know, they might get 10, 20 CVs, and hope that one of those fits. I mean, when I do, when I go through a, a sourcing process, um, I'll, for most roles that I look at, I'll probably consider at least two or three hundred, often yeah. five hundred or more, in yeah. as that first stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you think about it, just from a numbers point of view, my, the odds of me finding the right person are significantly higher, just because I've gone through ten times or twenty times as many people. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to, when I'm talking to potential clients, I usually suggest that out of every hundred people, on average, this is, 
out of every hundred people who have got the right core sort of talents, you know, the, the skills and the experience, um, probably about one, one in a hundred of them will fit in terms of the um, attitude and the motivation that they need as well to mm -hmm. really fully use the talent they've got for that, for the best uh, benefit of that business. Mm. So if you, on that basis, if you go through two or 300 candidates, uh, all of whom on paper could do the job, you've got a pretty good chance of finding one who will be really outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned the first rule that you use. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming there's a second one. <laughs> well, the first, the first rule is to start the process with, with um, no assumptions. <laughs> yeah. And that allows you then the second rule is to finish it with no, no um, compromise. Um, yeah. And, and there's, there's, a, there's also a, a principle sort of behind those two rules, um, which is that recruitment processes normally tend to be driven by talent, They're the skills and experience that people think they mm. need to, to, for a certain role. But if you expand that a little bit, so and to look for somebody who not only has the talent but also gets what the business really wants to achieve mm. um, and thirdly really wants and you know, has the motivation to achieve that same objective mm. then that person is going to really use that talent um, so if you follow that principle of, of finding yes the talent the skills and the experience but also somebody who really gets what the business wants and wants it at the same time then you're onto onto a winner, and you can do that by starting the process with with no assumptions. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you can finish it with no compromise. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, and and we all like um, a, um, a, a what should we call it equation or a, a, a way to work things out. And that you know that seems to make just just such um, sense. You know, the talent is like you say the most recruiters talk about that um but if yeah. they they don't get it and they don't want it then you know ultimately it's not going to be someone that's going to stick around or 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 worse still someone that you don't want to stick around uh, and they yeah. do yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely um um unfortunately time has got got I've run past again it, it seems to run uh quickly when we when i'm when i'm do these uh, podcasts um so uh, Right at the end, we like to sort of sum up a bit. And um, um, what I tend to ask my interviewees is to um, give us some tips, some top tips that you would give, um, and in this case, to um, recruit the right people for their team. Okay. Um, well, first one is to is to to use that guiding principle, not not just to focus on talent or the skills and the experience. Which, which is the bit that you see on somebody's CV. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody being good on paper is just not enough. Uh, so the principle is look for talent plus get that somebody who gets what your business wants to achieve. In, in order to, to find that out, you have to share with them what's and all. Um, and thirdly, that they really want to achieve it as well so that they've got that motivation to really put that uh, talent to use for your business. So, so that guiding principle of talent plus gets it, plus wants it, um, it, it would be tip number one. Um, tip number two would be to, uh, to start the process, even though you know a lot about your business, start the hiring process with no assumptions, look at 
um, the, the, the mission of the business, what it needs to achieve, look at the outcomes that the role should focus on, uh, values, plus obviously the talent, um, and also the, the uh, what I call the X factor, the, the, um, the attitudes, the, the traits that will work uh, in, in your, your business. Um, and write all of that down and use that as the basis for the questions in the pre-interview assessment, which is um, what you might do over the phone before you meet the person face-to-face. Yeah. Um, and then finally, when, you went, when you're interviewing the candidates uh, and, and through the whole sort of sourcing process, don't, don't compromise. There, are, mm. uh, there is always somebody outstanding available somewhere. It just takes a bit of effort to find them. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you, Oliver. It's been um, it's been a great. I've really enjoyed um, talking about this subject because it's it's such an important um, part of a leadership role is to is to find the right people to work with so that you can um, um, get the success and and take the business where you really want to take it. So, um, yeah. thank you again for your time. Um, for you. now. Um, We'll say goodbye and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll speak again sometime. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. As action leads to outcomes, make sure you make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. Don't forget to subscribe at thereluctantleader.co.uk where you'll find links to all the past episodes, blogs, blogs and how you can get in touch with me. Until next time, bye for now.